going on, guys? Kevin here. Welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. Just want to recognize a few of our sponsors before we get going. Uh, these are the folks that make everything possible. They're good people. We appreciate the hell out of them. And if you guys appreciate our podcast, please support them. The first one I want to recognize is Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee is over in Salt Lake City. It's run by Evan and his crew. I've toured Black Rifle Coffee. I've seen the roasting machines. I've seen the t-shirt machines. I've seen the whole operation. I've even seen the really, really cool first blood print that Evan has up in his office that was on the original first blood novel, um, all about Rambo. Oh yeah. Uh, if you guys go to blackriflecoffee.com and use the coupon code craft 15, you can get 15% off of your order. Now there are some exceptions here. This does not include the new releases. So if you guys are interested in pumpkin spice, I'm sorry. I don't think you're going to get that with this coupon code, but you can get silencer smooth, just black, you know, AK, all the other great coffee that they do have. Um, it also doesn't include the ready to drink stuff. It's a one-time purchase code. And I think you guys are going to appreciate getting a little bit of a savings on some pretty awesome coffee, especially with the holidays coming up. So please check them out. Blackriflecoffee.com. Use the coupon code craft 15, 15% off of your order. The next sponsor that we have is hoist. Uh, their website is drinkhoist.com. If you guys go to drinkhoist.com and use the coupon code FEELCRAFT10, you're going to get 10% off of your order. Hoist is one of these companies that we've got some of their stuff kicking around the office. And, you know, our director of marketing, Rob, he's got it behind his desk. We're always sneaking it from him. You know, I, Rob is one of these guys that likes to do marathons. So he likes to prove how, how awesome he is at exercising. And uh, we tend to steal his hoist and we just drink it because we're, we're gluttons. So guys, please check out hoist. Uh, if you are into hydration multipliers, like things that are going to help you recover, things that are going to have half the sugar, lots of electrolytes, things that are made in the United States. So you don't have to worry about drinking antifreeze like you probably would if you were getting something from California. Or, I mean, China. I'm pretty much the same thing, right? California and China. Um, well, in any case, please check out Hoist. They uh, got a lot of different flavors. They've got ready to drink stuff. They've got powdered stuff. It's great for exercise recovery, for hangovers. Please check them out. Drinkhoist.com. Use the coupon code FEELCRAFT10. You'll get 10% off. All right. Last but not least, before we get into this podcast between Kevin Owens and Tara, our good friends at Triarch Systems. Guys, Triarch has been around Fieldcraft Survival for a very, very long time. Uh, they've come to a bunch of our events. They've shown off their incredible pistols and rifles. They've made all of us want them. Now, I've been talking about getting a Tri-11 for a very long time, hoping that the guys at Triarch are listening to the podcast. Maybe one of them will find its way underneath my Christmas tree this year, maybe inside my stocking. I don't care if I'm even wearing that stocking at the time. I just want one of their Tri-11s bad. If you guys happen to know anyone at Triarch, tell them I want one. If you guys want one just as bad as I do, you might have to go to triarchsystems.com. That is triarchsystems.com. Use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT. You will get 5% off of your order. And when you're dealing with custom firearms, 5% goes a long, long way. Triarch makes a lot of amazing firearms, even better, more accurate, smoother. I mean, the only way I can describe the actions of their firearms, it feels like you're, you're running the action on like glass bearings, like super, super smooth. Guys, go to triarchsystems.com. Use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT. You will get 5% off. All right, here we go. We're going to get into this podcast right now. Kevin Owens and Tara. Welcome back to the FIELDCRAFT Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And today I am sitting down with Tara. How are you doing? Very good. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so um, Tara was a physical therapist who worked at 3rd Special Forces Group for like eight years. Yep. Right? Um and today we're going to talk about injury prevention and all that. I think a, a good place for a physical therapist is in special forces because there's so many dumb guys in there. And I put myself firmly in that category um, who just abuse themselves over and over again. And then they come and they're like, can you fix me? Because, you know, my left knee doesn't work anymore. Right. And you're like, okay. Uh, I remember when I went there, it was a long time ago, but I had like severe plantar fasciitis. And my calf kept spasming and locking up when I'd run, right? But I kept running, of course, right? And uh, I was actually addicted to running at the time. So I was trying to get fixed. And one of the times I went there to see you and you stuck this needle in me many, many times, because I think you're a bit of a sadist. But yep, yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the times I went there, the use of sock surgeon was there. 
And you brought him over and he looked at my leg and he talked to me and he was like, how much do you run? And I said, I run eight miles a day, every day. And he was like, all right, stop doing that. He said, typical SF guy, if running four miles a day is good, then running eight miles a day must be better, right? Absolutely, and yeah. so I abused myself so much in running. I can't run anymore. I just can't. My feet are so jacked up. And I think it's an important subject. And it's not just the military. It's not just athletes. It's everybody, right? Right. You, you know, as you, as you, uh, as you grow up and as you, as you, you know, you, you get into sports and you get into all these kind of things, if you don't do it smartly, then when you're 40, you'll be so broken that you can't run anymore. You can't pick things up and stuff like that. Right. So, in, in the younger part of my career, we didn't have physical therapists and Thor 3 and all that kind of thing. So special forces have kind of led the way with that stuff. And I think the Army's kind of coming along with it right now mm -hmm. to try and preserve that asset, right? The, the asset being the soldier, preserve it for the long term because it is very abusive on your body. So um, real quick, tell me where you grew up and, and why you get into this world. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <clears throat> well... As far as I'm concerned, I feel like I have led a pretty boring life, but uh, born and raised in North Dakota. Okay. And um, I didn't really have any military experience, although in Minot, North Dakota, we do have a huge Air Force base. I mean, that's kind of a little tidbit about North Dakota. It's the geographical center of the North American continent. It is. Hence why sometimes uh, North Dakota is a great place to store certain, um, you know, military pieces. But that being said, um, so landlocked my entire life, went to physical therapy school down in St. Augustine, Florida. So that's, I could... That's quite a geographical I, change, Yeah, right? it was. It was great, you know. <laughs> I had no money, but I could study on the beach every day. It was fantastic. And then um, I took my first job down across from the Daytona racetrack. And when I was looking at, okay, where am I going to go? I can't live at the beach forever, although I would love to. That was when I came across, um, it was a contract position at Fort Bragg. So after one year of being out in PT, I came up to Fort Bragg, knew really nothing about military life other than for myself as a provider, I knew that I had a lot of freedom and flexibility. And for me, I, I sometimes don't do well with a lot of being told what to do and how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more of a free thinker. And so for me, I knew, okay, military is where it's going to be for me personally, because I want to practice more like an independent thinking provider and I don't need other physicians telling me what to do. Right. So came to Fort Bragg, was at Womack Army Medical Center for about three and a half years. Oh, I didn't know. And in that time, that was when that was this was before Thor had even started. So I did take care of a lot of big army, a lot of special operations. And I just really jived with that community. You guys are very bullheaded. You have a lot of questions. You think you know everything. Of course. And you always do what I ask you. If not, yes, more is better. Mm -hmm. So it was a very challenging community that I just was gravitating towards. And I'll never forget my very first Green Beret that I took care of. This was 2008. And he was a seventh grouper because that was when seventh group was still just in the mm -hmm. process of leaving Fort Bragg. Right. And he was old and crotchety and his name was Frank. And Frank came to me with plantar fasciitis, but like every joint in his body hurt. Mm -hmm. And he was like, physical therapy doesn't work. You are not going to be able to help me, but I'm here because... I'm in my last year before I retire. And I worked with that man for a year. And he went from being in so much pain. And he was just crotchety and old. He was from Puerto Rico. I know. And I know who you're talking about. Just by your description. <laughs> one year that he was with me, he was just like, you've given me my life back. And it's not because Tara's great and wonderful. That wasn't it at all. It was just I was able to guide him and get him to the people that he needed to do. And I think that for me, working with even with third group, you know, there are so many other providers out there, I think, that are way better physical therapists than me. But the one thing that I was always really good at was making connections with the people who were good at what they did and shooting you guys to the places that you need to go because mm -hmm. I knew I didn't have all the answers. I bet it's um, it's a common theme that 
you're like, okay, uh, use this rubber band and do this exercise. Yeah. And the guy comes back the next day. I did it and it didn't work. I still have pain, right? They, they want <laughs> oh that my instant. Gosh. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They tell you want that instant fix, which mm-hmm. is why a lot of people come in. They're like, can you just pop my back and can you give me some needles? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yes, that's great. But that's not all that we do. And yeah. that's like, there's a reason why we do that. Outside of the endorphin release and all those other things, what really cracks me up is when um, I would have uh, dudes that would come in and they're married to physical therapists. Their wives are totally capable of taking care of them. And they would come to me. I'd give them one or two things. They'd go home and be like, oh, my gosh, I got this exercise. It's like the most amazing thing. And their wife being like, I've been telling you to do that for years. Right. It's like no different. You carry no credibility with those that are your well, that It's you're like all the guys to. that come here and they're like, uh, I want I want you guys to teach my wife how to shoot because I can't teach her. She right. won't listen to me on the range. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> you don't know anything. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. But no, um, injury prevention. That's a very, very broad topic. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about between your time at Womack and third group. Yeah. What's the... What's the, the the most common injury you've seen? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I guess that kind of also depends almost by MOS, too. Sometimes you okay. could look at her like by by job. But in general, if you look at, and this is just my perspective, so I'm probably totally wrong. But mm-hmm. before Thor came along, like what was your typical workout routine that you guys would do? It was like Wednesdays, you guys always, well, like three days a week, you would always do at least a five-mile run. Wednesdays were rucking days. Fridays were some variation of the other. And then like Tuesdays and Thursdays, you'd be in the gym doing a little strength training. If not, it was like your typical calisthenics, right? Yeah. It wasn't real structured. No. For, at least for me, it okay. wasn't. Yeah. It was because when I was on a team, my team sergeant. Your team sergeant decided the workouts, He was right? very into lifting big, heavy things. Oh, sure. And that's, I'm not and that guy. And it always kind of depends on when the team run. sergeants would rotate in and out what their yeah. favorite thing was, right? Yeah, yeah. So but when I became a team sergeant, I did not micromanage PT on my team. Right. I kind of, and they were all in better shape than me and they were all rock stars. So I was right. like, hey, check it out, man. You're, you're an E7 sergeant first class in the army. You yeah. would be in charge of a platoon in the infantry. Sure. And if I have to micromanage your PT, then yeah. we got I, problems. I will fire we got you, bigger problems. Right. So yeah. I will take over your PT when I see that you're not where you need to be physically to do sure. this job. And I basically let guys do what they needed to do, ensuring that they were covering all the all the 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 topics and the the, the training they need to do, you know. But we we went through this um we, we went from early in the war where guys were doing a lot of running yes. and guys were lifting a lot of heavy things. Yes. And some guys were, uh, you know, uh, augmenting that a little bit. And Absolutely. they were huge, huge especially down range. They were huge, big I can monsters. always spot them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then during, like, if you're, if you're, maneuvering across the mountains of Afghanistan with an indigenous force, a big, huge guy like that, they drinks too not. much water, they eat too much chow, yeah. they, they can't keep up, right? And then same for reconnaissance that if you're if you're in a hide position for a couple of days, drink too much water, eat too much food, and if you're injured, it's hard to medevac a guy who's 250 pounds. You know? It is. <laughs> me, I'm getting medevaced. Yes. Somebody pick me up, They can up, pick you right? up and they can carry you. So we kind of, ch- and then also in Iraq, when you're hitting targets over all night long, going from building to building to building, you're climbing buildings, running and gunning. You have to be a certain kind of athlete, right? There's no other word for it. Mm-hmm. So the whole CrossFit thing came in and, and it, it, it turned out to be like functional fitness, right? And, Correct. And being smart about uh, you don't need beach muscles. You need to be functional and you need to be flexible and you need to be able to maneuver and carry body armor and all the gear you have to do 100%. all night long and then come out the next day and do it again and again and again. And then when you get hurt, you need to stop, take a knee, get fixed and get back. Problem is guys are like, I'm on a team. This is not going to last forever. And I don't want to be taken out of the fight. And you probably got that a lot, did you? Oh, yeah. I mean, so a couple of things. Um, Number one being when you look to at, you know, the infancy of when Thor started, which is kind of around the 2011, 2010 mark. Um, But anyway, point being that, you know, a lot of guys, and this was big army and also I would assume kind of in special operations, let's say if you didn't pass your PT test or whatever the PT event was, what was the remedial training? More PT, right? Mm Because that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You've got someone who's injured who maybe can't meet the standard or is not meeting the standard for X, Y, and Z reasons. 
it doesn't make sense to then be saying, well, let's do more push-ups, let's do more sit-ups, let's do more running and rucking because we need to rinse and repeat that. So mm-hmm. it's almost ludicrous. So when Thor came around, obviously you had a lot of us providers that were, um, you know, kind of at the top end of our game for our respective disciplines. But the other thing being that it was that education piece. It was telling guys, all right, if you're going to be doing a lot of rucking, well, why? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be going to Afghanistan? If you are and you've got this mission coming up and these are the things that are going to be occurring while you're on your upcoming deployment, okay, now we can take that. We can figure out what the elevation is for the area that you're, the region that you're going to be in, and we can create a training program that is structured and safe for you to go and then add load on top of that. Oh, and also let's take a look at you and your team. What's the height difference, the weight difference? Mm-hmm. The poor little guy who's like 5'7 does not do you're well po- you're pointing with at me now, my patients who are 6'3 <laughs> yeah. and 250. Yeah. You know, like there is a there is a big disparity between those two types of body types mm-hmm. and everyone needs to be able to take care of everyone. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to train you appropriately? So that each one can be a contributing member to their group and be able to take care of each other if they get into a bad situation. Mm. So when you get that with the Thor and the education piece on top of, you know, talking about, well, why do we do what we do? Then you have to add in, um, I call it like, it's like it's addressing the pride, okay? All dudes like to have certain activities that they like to do. They like to do certain workouts. Mm -hmm. That's great and that's fine. Once again, it's, Hey, if you're out skydiving on the weekends and you get injured, but then you come in and then you can't take your UBRR or your your APFT or whatever it might be, well, then we got to have this conversation about your your hobbies. Oh, your hobbies as compared to your your military training, right? Mm-hmm. Because if your hobbies are starting to affect your ability to take care of your work-related activities, now we also have a problem. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of components that had kind of come into this whole injury prevention piece. Mm. Did third? What, so you were obviously working at Womack. I did, yeah, for the and first then, few years. Then you you heard this was standing up in third group. Yes. And you're like, oh, I'll go over there. Yes. Did you? <clears throat> did the chain of command talk to you guys and give you like your left and right limits? Did you give give you a, a mission statement where they wanted it to go, or did they kind of leave it to you? Oh, that's a really great question. <laughs> I mean, I remember. Um, I was actually recruited. It was one of the battalion PAs that mm-hmm. had, um, I must have taken care of some of his patients and um, had come to my office one day and said, hey, we um, had a therapist. It was a GS position. Uh, that therapist is no longer there. Uh, we want you. When can you come? Mm-hmm. So it took a while for me to kind of, you know, switch jobs as it always does. Was that, it a GS or a contract? Uh, originally it was a GS position and then they brought contracts in and that was when the whole th- uh, contract program kind of began okay. for Thor. Mm-hmm. So that being said, um, I came over and I was just like, yay, we have a therapist. Get to work. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when we moved into... Um, the the building it was an old seventh group area it was an old arms room yeah and uh there were no doors there we had one bathroom that then uh they ended up putting like a sliding thing that said male and female and um we were just starting to get equipment in there and i i just remember like being in this little i mean it was a broom closet Mm. it was amazing see that's why i asked you because the fact that they recognized the need for this yes. and they brought it on yeah. is very is very um, forward thinking it is for the 100%, military, right? 100%. Even in special operations. Yes. And then, um, you know, how much did they, I know now it, it's really well equipped and everything, but yeah. initially I'm sure it wasn't. No, we started in a broom closet. Yeah. And even before that, you figure each of the groups had an active duty military physical therapist, which even back for like the early 2000s or late 90s was still very forward thinking to even have a therapist 
that you know was professed for twenty five hundred people, which is I mean still. So I didn't even know we had. A you therapist did, and you didn't before, know you right? had a therapist, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I probably I mean, wouldn't know it anyway because right. I'm, I'm like superhuman. Exactly. Injuries of course don't hurt you are. me. Yeah. Well, you ran eight miles a day. You didn't need <laughs> therapy. Course. You know what I mean? Like you were taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. My but, running was therapy. It was mental therapy for me. That's what I used running for. It was right. like it cleared my head and and the day. My the first day because my when I get in plantar fascia my feet were so sore I used to run come back and stick my uh, feet in a bucket of ice of course right because yeah. they were hurting so much and I thought it was my shoes because I didn't know right. so I went through like 10 pairs of shoes and I still hurt and then you know, if you abuse your, yourself that much, your body will tell you some way. It does, so my eventually. calf started spasming and locking up, so I couldn't run. And the first time I that happened to me, I, I remember the day before I ran fourteen miles, and the next day I was doing like a six or eight mile run, and it locked up, and it it was hard to handle mentally because all of a sudden I went from running every single day to not being able to run. And, and mentally, I had no way to replace that. Right. It crushed me. Right. It really did. Which is the whole, like the total mental component, which is yeah. a great attribute that we have now, honestly, as a part of our Thor program is like just the, I, I don't even want to use the word counseling. Yeah. But it, sometimes it's just working through that mental piece. Yeah. You would be surprised that most of the patients on my caseload, yes, they were all injured. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we did more psychology and counseling and just talking and listening Mm. which in and of itself can be very therapeutic yeah i did more of that more than i did actual physical therapy some days really it really just depended Mm -hmm. because you've got someone who maybe yeah running is your vice Mm -hmm. lifting weights is your vice now your vice has been taken away Mm -hmm. so what do you do yeah you could replace it with other vices there's plenty of them out there Mm -hmm. but how do you have (laughs) how do you have someone that's willing to step in and to say hey look you're having a hard time you were injured right now i'm going to walk you on this path with you and we're going to switch those vices out for something else Mm -hmm. and i think that was the beauty of thor um, as well as just having those providers in the program to, you know, any one of us would do that. Your strength coach would do that. Your dietitian would do that. Your physical therapist, as well as your PA mm-hmm. or your PCM, you know. Hey guys, Kevin here real quick. Just want to bring up one of our sponsors who makes this podcast totally, totally possible. And that is Athletic Greens. Their website is athleticgreens.com. And if you guys use athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft, Uh, you will get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athletic Greens is a product that I really, really believe in. I've been using it personally for about three or four months now. It's my every morning routine. Uh, I feel like I've missed part of the day when I don't do my Athletic Greens if I'm traveling. Um, If for some reason I misplace my travel packs or anything like that. Athletic Greens is one of those companies uh, that you can rely on to give you the nutrition that you need. I mean, it's difficult when you're traveling, when you're training, when you're moving about and you're not at home to get your greens. Well, imagine just being able to get your greens in a single drink uh, first thing in the morning. It's energizing. uh, Start your day off right. And I'll tell you, there's all sorts of uh, benefits of doing athletic greens. I'll tell you personally, I feel like it fills me up in the morning. I feel like it, you know, keeps everything going the way that needs to be going in my body. But other people will tell you that it helps with their sleep. It helps them improve exercise. It reduces stress guys. Check them out. Athleticgreens.com. All right. Back to the podcast. How was, how uh, I, I, I imagine, right, that when the Thor thing and the whole physical therapy and strength and conditioning, when it came on group first, maybe there was a little resistance. Oh, my gosh. There was tons because, of resistance. Uh, so You've we, got lots of team sergeants on teams that are like, no, this is how we run PT for really? years. We run, we rock, we do calisthenics. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. We don't need Thor. Really? Yes. Wow. There, well, so I think it also kind of depended on... Um, there were some personalities between the battalions. Yeah. Then you win one or two teams over, and obviously there's personalities with with every single team. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you get you get one or two teams in a company, and then they talk with the other ones. Or it was when you guys would do um, like company or battalion events, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden these teams are outperforming the other teams, mm. and it's like, well, how many of those teams are working with you know the strength coaches? Mm. Well, shit, maybe maybe we should start working with the strength coaches because, well, that team sucks. Why are they beating us? Mm-hmm. We're better than that. You know what yeah, I mean? And it gets yeah. into this competition and ego thing, but but for the better good of 
Used of the guys. Used their ego against them, right? Correct. Um, there's ego in group? I what? Know I know. Hard to believe. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier on. Like, SF, and I'm sure it's the same with Marsoc and freaking sure. Seals and everybody else. They, they come in a certain package, right? That mm-hmm. package is wrapped in ego and confidence and risk-taking right. and ignoring injury. And it's just it's just who... who that that's those attributes pay off in some ways they and do. then sometimes they get drunk and you know get they do silly they things, do silly oh things gosh, all the time right yeah yes. yeah you could I bet, I bet that was quite a learning curve for you when you were working at group like um dealing with those personalities because let's be honest it's the freaking testosterone capital of the world sometimes it is uh, yeah. it is and um i think for me uh i uh I don't know. I use humor. Mm-hmm. If I don't show up to work and I'm not laughing every day and like, you know, talking shit to somebody, um, it's not a good day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what, what's, the, what's the point? Why even show up to work? And I think that a lot of the guys, especially when you're dealing with pain, whether it, I mean, there's all types of pain. You got psychological, emotional, physical. They appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So if they show up, there's a lot of ego that you got to break it down. But mm-hmm. if you, from the get-go, let them know that, uh, it's a, this is a safe place. You know, Thor was a safe haven. Uh, everything that was said was confidential, but then also that like, we were there to take care of them. Like we had their back. This wasn't just a, Hey, Tara has your back. This is no, this is, this is every single one of us. We are together a team and we are as a team looking out for your best interest and, you know, we're going to help you succeed. Yeah. And I think the guys really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. So when they would show up with their injuries, it was, uh, they should be showing up to also have a good time. I imagine you saw guys who were twisted their ankle yep. all the way to I've been shot and I need physical therapy after my surgery and all that kind of thing. That that because we've put guys back on teams with with correct catastrophic not catastrophic well, but with severe catastrophic. injury. Almost, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean cat- you know, every person yeah, describes team leader, catastrophic differently. Yeah, my team leader was shot multiple times and now he's like a battalion commander in SF, right? I know. With, a, with a prosthetic leg. Correct. And he's exactly. a rock star and he outruns everybody and it's really annoying. Right? I know. Yeah. He's a really good swimmer too. But yeah. Um, yeah, so no, you would have, and that was another stigma that was just trying to break where originally Thor was kind of advertised as, um, you know, because that there were a lot of deployments mm-hmm. and it was very active even into 2012 through, you know, 15. Um, where a lot, breaking that stigma with the guys that, look, you don't have to lose a limb. You don't have to physically be shot to come to seek rehab. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you can have a sprained ankle. And in fact, those are the ones that I like the best because if you tweaked your back while you were deadlifting and came in right away to see me, you walk out of the gym, come right into my office, get on my table, we can get a lot more done than if you wait two weeks because you think that you need to um, try and gut it out and go to the ER first. Take lots of Motrin. And take lots of Motrin and drink lots of alcohol. Yeah. You know, you don't have to lose a limb. You don't have to be shot in the head and Mm -hmm. trying to rehab to come in. Right. So the Thor program, when it stood up, the whole strength conditioning, diet, like just explain for people who don't know what Thor is. Yeah. And and how many groups it's in. And and it's it's actually migrating to the big army now, I think. It is now. It is now. Yes. Okay. So Thor stands for, and I always, I always say this wrong. You would think with all these years, I would remember this. Okay. So it's called Thor 3. So tactical human optimization, rapid rehabilitation and reconditioning. So that's a lot of mouthful. I didn't know I've been that. there. I know. I've been there. I was there eight and a half years and I still could never remember the acronym. But um, yeah, so that was Thor 3. Originally, it started with a couple of strength coaches and physical therapist and a dietitian. Hmm. Then we brought on more staff that turned to more physical therapists because, well, we needed more than just one. Um, you know, five or six strength coaches. I think at one point we had, well, we didn't have quite eight, but either way, we had quite a few. Um, and then we brought on mental performance. Mm. And now with the current program, it is now evolving to just be called um, HP, human performance. And, uh, you know, we were set in 
well, in the army, we, you know, we were in all of the groups. So first, third, fifth, seventh, 10th. Now it's moved out to National Guard. Mm -hmm. So they are getting their own programs, which is awesome because those guys need it as well. Mm -hmm. SWIC Um, has it too. SWIC, Mm -hmm. yes, of course, the schoolhouse. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a huge beast. There's a lot of people. You have both the cadre, you have the guys going through the program, and then, you know, the ones hoping to get picked up. And I mean... So it's available for students in the Q course? No, I... It should be. It should be. This is not a matter of should. I think it's a matter of is, and there's just not enough staffing. There's just not enough to go around. Correct. There's thousands of students, like, at any one time. I have no idea how big that beast is. I mean, it blows my mind. Yeah, when, when... like 200 students moved from phase three to phase four, like another 200 replaced them, like, and they're all along that step line. And and it is a monstrous thing, but I think we've gotten better at preserving the asset. Like I said, because um, early on, it was like, oh, you're hurt, bang, you're gone. Oh, you're hurt, bang, you're gone. You're losing good people that could be saved, right? Right, Um, there's a lot of talent that's going through and one injury shouldn't shouldn't eliminate you. Right, right. Um, So... So dietitian, strength conditioning, physical therapist, and mental performance, that's all under Thor. Yes. So SOSEP was under Thor, was it? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, okay. okay. SOSEP was a little bit of its separate program. And then when we were first in a, um, when we were first starting and we did not have billets for the mental performance, mm-hmm. SOSEP was able to graciously step in and, and, and help us with that. Mm-hmm. So they were a very integral part, I mean, for those first few years until we right. were able to kind of get those positions okay so let's narrow it down to group okay what's the the most common injuries almost common injury you did ask me that parachuting like ankles knees back i'm guessing i'm gonna say primarily you've got uh your running injuries Mm -hmm. which could be the gamut between hip pain knee pain plantar fasciitis Mm -hmm. um and back pain from deadlifting. I mean, mm. like your lifting injuries, which mm. could be anything between shoulder and spine, we could say. Okay. So that still doesn't really give you, a, I mean, that's still quite a few, but um, mm. yeah, spine, shoulder, knee. Workout injuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the workout injuries. Which can be prevented. Yes. Right. Um, and the... Uh, so what's the treatment, let's say for, it's very broad, I guess, but somebody comes in, I tweak my back, lifting. What, mm. do, you, what do you do for them? Well, <laughs> okay, a lot of things, a lot of torture. Mm. Um, that's really kind of a dependent question. However, bottom line is, in general, when they're injuring their back, you got to get them moving. You mm-hmm. got to get them moving safe, safely and appropriately. So yes, there are times... Um, I would do different types of modalities. Like you could say like your electrical stem on them, but I'm not a huge modality fan. Uh, needles. You love needles. I love needles. You love I do. I, I, I think mainly this... because I feel like that's the lazy part of me as a therapist, where sometimes <laughs> it's just so much easier to stick some needles in someone. It preserves the life of my hands and my arms. Yeah. Um, Tell especially me what the needle does. Okay. Because you told me years ago, and I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I want to hear you say it again. Okay. So we use uh, dry needles. Mm-hmm. Dry needles uh, are basically acupuncture needles, but I'm not an acupuncturist. And mm-hmm. I always have to specify that um, because acupuncturists have a totally different therapy approach. And uh, that's a totally different schooling and, you know, licensure process. But uh, for me, the analogy I would give guys is, um, okay, so you get an injury and you develop trigger points. Okay. I use needles solely for sore muscles, trigger points. Okay. And those trigger points are kind of like a computer. If like in the olden days, you know, your computer, you'd run too many programs, your computer freezes. What do you do? Control, alt, delete, you reboot the computer. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's kind of my analogy I would use with a trigger point. We would find those sore spots, drop a couple of needles in there, run a little current on them if needed, reset that muscle, plug it back into the brain, and then we follow up with exercises that uh, will facilitate the healing process. Okay, and so boom, you're back out. Everybody we- just perceives it as... You stuck a needle in me, you magically took my pain away, and I don't have to come back and see you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right? So you put the needle in, Yeah. the muscle like spasms, and then It like, can, it'll get a twitch response. Yeah, and then it just reboots kind of thing. It it, uh, it relaxes it eventually, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's um, a very basic 
overview of a neurological process. But yeah, that's kind mm-hmm. of the uh, the quick and dirty review I would give patients. So when I when I retired, they gave me the the tens device, is that what oh, you call yeah. it? Uh-huh. That you, you run current. Yeah, it's, those little portable ones. It's still in the box that it came in. Why would you use it? Why no? <laughs> You get all this really cool stuff and you think you're going to use it. You got to hold on to it and then yeah. it collects dust. Tell me, tell me why, like, what is that used for? Uh, oh, a TENS unit. So again, there's, there's a problem right there. And I didn't even think about this. It's the education piece with the equipment they gave me and didn't really explain to me. Oh, I know. It's, it's like, here, for. here's this great thing. It yeah. probably would be a great tool for you, yeah. but nobody teaches you how to use it or when, when the pros and cons are yeah, of and, using and it. And what injury of my yeah, 32 absolutely. different injuries, which one do I use it for? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not a huge modality person, but anything that I can use to conservatively get the pain away that doesn't involve um, drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. is always a win. So uh, TENS units, I mean, they're used to reduce pain. There's a couple of different types of TENS units, which we're definitely not going to go into. But the point is, is that you pick it, you stick it on the painful spot. And I always tell patients, um, your nerves are like one-way highways, Okay. If you injure, you sprain your ankle, you, you know, you pull a muscle, whatever it might be, your muscle is sending those pain signals up to the brain and it's a one-way highway. But if we can put in or introduce an, uh, another stimulus, so for example, putting the TENS unit on, if you run a appropriate current, you can flood the highway with the with the um, the electrical stem, which will then shut down the pain receptors and can be very effective. It does not work with everybody. Placebo, uh, placebo effect can, I mean, I feel like the placebo effect works in my favor because if you believe it works mm-hmm. and it reduces your pain, yep. that's a win. I don't really care whether it works or not. Right. But um, yeah, so that's kind of the general overview with TENS units. They so, take care of pain. So I, I assume there's a certain amount of current that's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So me, I just put it on until I just can't I know. take and, it And anymore. you know what? You make it so that it's so painful because <laughs> once again, yeah. if a little bit works, yep. why shouldn't I turn Hell it up yeah. even higher? Hell yeah. Or I should also maybe put it on my stomach and see if I can get those six packs out because everybody wants the six and eight pack. Of course. Beachbody. Right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I bet that happens, right? It does. Okay. Maybe you should see um, some of the... All right. So um, young kid. Yeah. Going to just finish SFAS or whatever selection Perfect. program that, yeah. that they do. So starting a career mm-hmm. that's physically demanding, let's right. be honest, and mentally demanding too sometimes, um, and emotionally demanding too sometimes. Absolutely. Um, what, what's your advice to them as they start their career moving up to prevent injury? Oh, stretch. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, stretch. Um, the funny part is, is that to you older team guys, you know, these new fresh chickens that are coming off uh, out of the schoolhouse, like you all expect that they are going to be at the top of their A game. Like by all intents and purposes, they're young. They mm-hmm. haven't really, um, well, they are younger. They have less military experience. So in theory, they should be less broken and I, I ready think, to go. I, I think, I don't know where you're going with this, but I think you physically, males and females, I think you peak in your thirties because you understand how to work out. Yeah. You understand how to eat and what's important Correct. and you're not, you're not, you're not doing stupid stuff because you saw somebody else do it, like running with a 100-pound rock on. Now, I still did that when I'm in my 30s, but I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s. But right. I, I, uh, I, I think you're, you peak. Well, I think that's that wisdom piece, right? But then yeah. when you look even, too, with your, um, your endurance race categories, whether it be cycling or running, mm-hmm. where does the hardest category, especially for men, the hardest, most competitive categories um, are going to be between your late 30s and early 40s? Really? Now, does that mean that you are physically at the end of your end game there? Or is it the wisdom piece? Mm. You can mentally endure more and you can train smarter, not harder, mm-hmm. as compared to your 20-somethings who, you know, they might go out and party three days in a row, wake up the next day and they can take a PT test. Like it doesn't bother them. I used to do that. And it used to be amazing, right? Yeah. Like in your twenties, you used yeah. to be like, yeah, like, you know, yeah. you're I was, God. I was drunk an hour ago. Right. And now I'm doing PT. And now you're doing PT. <laughs> it doesn't work that way when you hit your thirties. No, but I not. will say, yes, most people, or I should say most dudes, by the time they hit their thirties, um, 
they start to get a little bit smarter. Mm-hmm. And I think that is probably one of the biggest things, or maybe they get a little more humble, where they are willing to listen to their body, train a little bit smarter versus having to go in and say, nope, we're going to do the beach body muscles today because my buddy said he was going to do that and we got to go in and compete. Yeah, and you don't recover as well. Correct. And so, yeah, you you you... You have a bad landing parachuting in your 20s and you'll bounce and you'll walk away pretty good. Yeah. And your 30s, you'll walk away okay. In your 40s, you'll limp away yeah. and take Motrin and get back at All right, like, honestly, like, I don't know how many, I was telling you this earlier on, I was talking to Andy Stump there, you yeah. know, a couple of months ago and he's a big free fall guy, windsuit, all that kind of thing. And I said, look, I've got hundreds of jumps. I don't even know how many. I hated them all because I just saw it as an opportunity to get jacked up because it's not mili- it's not civilian skydiving where you come in and you land you're landing at night you're landing in a field or it's not necessarily a drop zone and you've a hundred pound rock attached to you you know yeah you said it earlier like the light guys gotta work with the heavy guys uh-huh i was 50 pounds lighter than the next heavier guy in my team right. when i was a team sergeant right so when i went to adic which is advanced tactical infiltration that really deep infiltration uh parachute you have to be a free fall jump master got very very uh tough school um of course, I'm the lightest guy in the class, and they strapped the heaviest rock to me, so everybody falls at the same speed. Yes. So when I landed, I didn't land my little 160 pound no, body. Landed I landed with a freaking 150 pound rock or whatever it was on me. Um, and Mike Glover was on that school with me, and he's like, he's probably about at the time he was probably like 70 or 80 pounds heavier than me, right? And right. so he had a little tiny rock. You know, sure. not fair. Discrimination. <laughs> right. Oh, man. The um, whole discrimination topic. But, um, you know, going back to answer your question, what I would probably say to the, uh, you know, the new graduates that are coming in, you know, they're in processing at their new group and they're excited to go to their first team. It's, you know, besides um, be humble and be willing to learn is, um, you know, be open to new I guess, open to new workouts and new ideas. I think a lot of people this day and age, especially with social media, and there's just so much wealth of information out there Mm -hmm. that a lot of the younger guys that are now coming in, that they, they just have so much information access. In general, they tend to be a lot more open to new ideas as compared to a lot of you older guys that are now retired. I mean, you weren't scouring the internet for for hey what's the difference between military athlete and crossfit and Mm -hmm. you know you knew what you knew and you stayed in your lane Mm. um so i yeah i I guess i would just say um rest and recovery are important that is just as important as training appropriately yeah in addition to yeah being humble and and being willing to learn and you know like if you're going to go to a provider who's at the top of their game you should have the the willingness to be able to follow what they're going to give you. Mm-hmm. If they know it, if they're the specialist, take their advice. That's a and problem. And run with right? it. That, right. That, yeah, I mean, yeah. it can and, be. And I put myself in that category too, right? Uh, you give me a list of exercises and I do them the first week or two weeks and I get And busy. then the motivation drops yeah, off. Yeah, it, yeah it, totally it, get it. It is. It, it, it's part of that. Yeah. All right, folks. We're just about done with this podcast, but I do want to bring up one more sponsor, and that is the Wild Alaskan Company. Uh, recently, Austin, myself, and our friend Austin, myself, Julian, and our friend Greg went to Alaska, and we caught salmon. And guys, I still have some of that salmon at home, and I have wild Alaskan salmon at home. And if I were to do a side by side of the stuff that I caught versus the stuff that you get from Wild Alaska, you really have a hard time telling the difference. If you guys go to their website, wildalaska.com. And if you use our link, which is wildalaskacompany.com forward slash fieldcraft, you will get 15% off of your first box of premium seafood. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the seafood. Uh, High quality, sustainably sourced. It comes right to your door. You do not have to travel through the airport. You don't have to worry about the hassle that we had when they told us that we couldn't use a particular box to get our frozen fish through the airport. Um, Wild Alaskan is fresh frozen. It's premium. And right now you're going to get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash fieldcraft. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash fieldcraft for $15 off your first box. Uh, wildalaskancompany.com. Check them out. Eat your salmon. It's delicious. 
Uh, trust me, check them out. Let's talk about something that I just thought about. Okay. Let's talk Hit about me. females in special operations. Ooh, Boom. excellent topic. Right? Yeah. Now, so very controversial and all oh, that. I know. And, and me personally, I was never one to say, oh, they can't do that because they can't carry the rock or they can't carry that. I think there's other uh, issues. Pro- pro- yeah. Like, like, yeah. Okay, let's just let. Are the we going to se- lay it all out? The, sexu- talk about the it all? sexual component yes, of women 100%. on teams in special <laughs> operations is, is a hand grenade. This funny uh, story. So my husband sometimes, like you know, like when you know we get a bunch of people together, we're you know doing a team party, or we have like family barbecues, and like this is always a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there's the very interesting perspectives, mm-hmm. both both from uh, the uh, soldier side as well as from the the spouse's side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think yep. there's great uh, nuggets on both ends. But uh, my husband would always use this analogy. He'd be like Tara. If you are with a like a pack of dudes, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, we're like a pack of wolves. He goes, if one person's getting ice cream, everybody <laughs> wants ice cream. Who doesn't like ice cream? And I'm like, that's a really good analogy. He's like, everybody knows, even if you don't talk about it, you just know that's not fair to everyone. And this isn't even about being fair. It's just about like things mm-hmm. naturally happening. Like yeah. when you put opposite sexes together. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, I think that Everybody has strengths. Mm -hmm. So I think that there is plenty of jobs and positions and places for women in special operations. Absolutely. And I think there are things that women can excel at. Absolutely. They're better than men. Like women have been serving in special operations since World War II and maybe before, right? right. OSS and all that kind of stuff, right? And I think that there are positions in there where that women are better at intel, they're better at getting information, they're better at a lot of things, right? Sometimes Um, they're better at shooting. Sometimes they are, (laughs) yeah. They're more analytical, they're more more organized. Absolutely. So... Um, but everybody was all like, oh, she can't carry the rock and she can't carry this. And she absolutely can, right? Now, women in this career, mm-hmm. are there any specific things that you would tell females starting a career here that would be different? And, than, and, and not the, the whole uh, team room thing, but physically, oh, yeah, for physical yeah, yeah, therapy yeah, yeah, and strength and conditioning and, and that type of thing. Well, so here would be the thing I would start off with is that if you were to realistically look at even for a male on a team, what is the average longevity for someone to be on a team? Yes, we can say there are plenty of guys out there that have been on a team actively participating for a good seven, eight years. And that's a good run for team time and mm-hmm. warrants get even more than that. Yeah. <laughs> but realistically, how many of your colleagues make it that long? And we are just talking about the physiological male body being able to stand up to the rigors of training, airborne operations, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Females, we are physiologically and hormonally different. We, I would say, do not tolerate load as well as men do because structurally the way that we are designed. Mm -hmm. You add even like the chemical and hormonal changes that occur every month with cycles. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just a process. Like it is just a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So the point being for females, I would say, especially if you were wanting to go into a position that requires a lot of physical uh, requirements for you, you have to train appropriately, okay? So everybody has a certain predisposition towards stress fractures. It's biomechanically. It's the way your bones are designed and structured. And it's also the way you load and train. Mm -hmm. Females will have a little bit more predisposition to, you know, like we just, we have wider hips. Structurally, we're a little bit different. So guess what? It may take us a lot longer to appropriately load to be able to go out and ruck a 12 or 15 or 20 mile with 45 to 85 pounds on our back. We're going to be a little bit more predisposed to injury unless we train appropriately compared to you mm-hmm. so that you're ra- going to have narrower hips and and you're going to be able to tolerate that that vertical load a mm-hmm. little bit better. So you're saying ramp it up slower. Ramp it up slower okay. and it's going to take a little bit longer for you. But mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. It's just understanding 
where the strengths and weaknesses of your body are, mm-hmm. and then training and playing into those. Right, that's a great point. Um, what what else? Like because if you if you go into special operations, yeah, or even infantry, um, that that you're going into a, a physically demanding job. Yes, regardless of what right. you do in there, it's mm-hmm. always going to be physically demanding. So um, not that you can't do it; you absolutely can. You but, sure can. Yeah. What about what are the other things you would say that that females need to take into consideration when they're going into this because um we, we learned like i was saying earlier like in in the the war on terror we were fighting in, in baghdad yeah upper body strength was a huge thing it like is. being able to climb up the side it of is. a building uh, <laughs> our vehicle used to pull up and we'd jump out and uh well, the guys were getting the ladder off the side of the truck. Me and Mike Glover would climb the side of the building. Right. And by the time they got the ladder up, we had everybody on the roof flex cuffed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we being able to climb, but it's not just climb. It's climb with body armor and all that kit on you. Yeah. That's I mean, pull-ups, pull-ups, push-ups are a huge thing. Mm-hmm. You could even say, you know, varying degrees of uh, inclined shoulder press, bench press. I mm-hmm. mean, upper body strength is a huge one. Mm, yeah. And that, that's where the, the strength and conditioning guys would, would come in to help in, in the Thor program. You know, Absolutely. It's a pity. I understand why, but it's a pity it's not available for students on the Q course because we could start them off right. Right. And by the time they get to the team, they're not like broken already, which. Right. And, and I was thinking about them. You were saying like rocking and that. right now, like I ran the, the warrior leader course, like the leadership mm-hmm. course for soft, which had civil affairs, psyops and SF in there. And there was a 45 pound ruck. 12 mile road march requirement. There was yeah. no ramp up for females. It was like, do it or, correct. you know, you fail, right? So interesting. I wonder if, uh, as we go forward, if the chain of command is listening. Well, I guess you never know who's listening, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think like knowing's half the battle. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of individuals, it, it, depending on, um, uh, what job you're looking at doing or where you, where at you're trying to go within special operations because mm-hmm. there's so much out there. Um, knowledge is power. And so it's being educated about mm-hmm. where you want to go and what are the requirements of that job so that you have enough time to train appropriately versus showing up day one, being super excited, like, yes, I made it. I'm in, I'm in this great job that I've been waiting to go to. And then, oh, there's this entire pipeline and I didn't know what all the physical requirements were. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think some of that stuff should be so hush-hush that people can't know about the physical requirements. I think if you really want to be able to recruit and really like maintain, right? Because once we get these people through the pipeline, we've spent how many hundreds, if not mm-hmm. a million of dollars on these individuals, we want to keep them like the government wants to get their money's worth out Mm -hmm. of you. And the more information that we can prepare people with ahead of time, Mm -hmm. the better off or sorry, the, um, the better chance we have of capitalizing on our investment. Yeah, especially with the 18 X-ray program, right? If yeah. you get a young guy in, and that was the whole point of the 18 X-ray program, it was to fill the ranks, but it was also to give longevity, right? right. So you you end up with a guy like the third group CSM who's like 40 or something and has a master's degree and he's yeah. physically fit and, right. and he's, he's a rock star, right? So you get these guys, by the time they finish the Q course, they're 23, 24, and you have them for 20, 30 years maybe before they're done, right? 25 years anyway, um, as opposed to the E6 who was in the infantry, who's 30 by the time he goes to selection, and he's really good, but but he's got 15 years maybe. Right. I, I mean, he's never going to climb high enough in the ladder to be in, in a, one of those very high positions like like Lee, right? Sure. So, um, no, it's a great point. The uh, It's a fascinating subject, and there's tons more material here. We, we totally. barely scratched the surface, right? So... Um, this weekend, you're going to help me out at a, a special operation preparation course. And I'm going to try to get this posted before then, but I might not make it. But um, so, you know, I, I, I've said this before, like people have done soft prep courses before and it's all log PT and flutter cakes while people hosing, you know, I don't want to do any of that. I don't want the freaking energy to do it anyway, right? Right. I want to focus on education, right? So you're going to do a block of instruction on injury prevention. Yep. So people can be smart. Then we're going to bring in... Uh, Justin, who was worked at Thor 3. To- oh, yeah. Okay. So we're bringing Jason Pompillian. Jason, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Jason is a very close friend, colleague, and an amazing strength coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good teacher. And then we have uh, Dr. Laurel Wentz. 
um, way, way years ago when I first started, she was the very first dietitian that um, had come into third group. Mm-hmm. And then she finished her PhD, decided to leave, and now is a, a professor out at Appalachian State. So yeah. she is an excellent instructor and um, is one of the gurus out there regarding uh, sports performance mm-hmm. for that's, dietitians. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I have... Uh... One of those uh, SOSEP instructors. Yes. Who, yeah. So he's going to come in and uh, I'm going to sit in all those classes myself because I want to learn it all myself. It's a little late for me, but it's educational. Um, and then I, I we're going to do tons of land nav. I have Brian Edwards coming in, who was the regiment CSM. Oh my gosh. Who's a great guy, right? So funny story. Did I ever tell you that when he had broke his ankle mm-hmm. and um, I was taking care of him and then he was getting ready to retire. Mm-hmm. And he, I forget which one of the like out processing, um, you, know, you have to go to all those different, yep. those classes. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I forget what happened, but he showed up late and this lady, this little secretary, she was a civilian. She took one look at him and was like, uh, basically reamed him out because he was not in his army PTs Mm -hmm. and that he was late. She's like, Sergeant Major. Like, do you not understand how a schedule works and that wow. we have a time? And she, and I remember him being so upset, yeah. not because of, you know, who I am, but just him being like, oh my gosh, I just was treated like an E3 private. I know, right? And, After 32 years in special was, operations. And he was, and he was just like, yeah. I'm in a cast, I'm on crutches, like, show me some <laughs> grace here. That I, I'll be honest, you open up a can of worms here because nothing drives me as crazy as civilians who work for the military who treat have people yes. like garbage. They treat them terrible. It drives yeah. me, and they lower enlisted mm-hmm. usually, right? Yeah. Um, when I was, <laughs> so when I was, started documenting my injuries because I was supposed to retire a year right. later, once they look under the hood and they saw all the things oh, around me, they were like, Oh, I know, it's like an like, onion. Mm, you you gotta yeah. peel all those layers back. They're like, you meet the criteria to medically retire, okay? So I was like, so, yeah. Uh, Doc Radnathy sent me over to the civilian doctor who deals with this for all the army, right? Mm -hmm. And he deals with all these kids, in some cases, just trying to get out and trying to fake things. But you can take a look at me. I'm not a kid, right? And I'm not a freaking low-ranking E4 or something, right? So I go in there in civilian clothes or in PTs, I think they told me to go. And he was like, he's looking at the computer and he's like, hmm, it's very interesting how, like, just snarky and sarcastic and degrading. It's like, it's very interesting how you had all these injuries years ago, but then they've magically went away for 10 years and now they're back. And I'm like, let me freaking stop you right I there. Know. I'm like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? It's inability to understand the personality. I was like, it was you know, the, and then the, the disrespect. And yeah. then you just get pissed. Oh, I was mad. I was, dude, this guy looked at me and he was like, this guy's going to punch me in a second. Right. I was like, I didn't come to the fucking, excuse me, I didn't come to the doctor because right. I was fighting two wars at the time. You know, right. While you were, you were sitting on your ass. I detonated Mm -hmm. on this guy and uh, he completely changed his attitude, like completely flipped. And then the next time I had to come back, I came back in uniform with all my badges and all that. And he was completely different person, but you should be treating everybody equally because you wouldn't have your freaking job. It wasn't for the military people that, yeah, it drives me crazy when they, and you see it all the time. When I was a first sergeant, my nephew was in the pipeline. And he was trying to get something done. I can't remember. He kept going to these civilians and, and, and no, nobody helped. And I brought him up there in my uniform. And, oh, yes, First Sergeant, we can take care of that for him, you know? know. And he was like, oh, my God. That was like a complete 180, 180 from, yeah. And it just drives me crazy. Sorry. Yeah. But um, now you got me all fired up. <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, so, so this week we're running. Special operations right. prep course, and then we're going to do some more stuff. Tell, where, where can people find you uh, on social media? And, and what's your because you you got out of the Thor program? Oh yeah, I did. And I you did. started oh, doing yeah. business. Did I you forgot totally about forget? That. Yeah, like <laughs> oh, I just I got yeah. too many things that I'm um, a part of. But mm-hmm. okay, so I did. I left two years ago. This Labor Day weekend has been two years. It's hard to believe. Mm. I, it feels like I have barely left third group. Do, but, you, do you mind me asking why you left? Well, so. One if it's day, not personal? no, 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 it's mm-hmm. not personal at all. And yet, I guess very personal. Like one day, I came home and my husband and I were talking, and my husband was like, "Tara, you are micromanaging." My boys at the time were five and seven. He's like, "You are micromanaging how they shower. Those boys can't tie their shoe. Do you realize that our seven-year-old doesn't even know how to ride a bike?" Mm. And it hit me that day that I was like, "You know, 
between the commuting to and from Fort Bragg, working full time. And I just, I was doing too many things that I was forgetting to be mom. Mm. Where I I've said, been, been there, done it that. was, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. it was time for me to step away for a little bit. I will eventually go back. There's a, the right position will come available when the right time comes. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to really choose anything, I would go back to third group or I would specialize um, at the Intrepid Spirit on post because mm-hmm. I just love working with TBIs yeah. and neck pain. But that being said, yeah, that was the reason why I left. TBI, was, right here. Yeah, TBI and I know. Neck pain. Who doesn't have a TBI? <laughs> but yeah, I had to go home and play mom for a while. I opened up my private practice and uh, my practice is called Elite Physio. And you can find me on Instagram with mm-hmm. Elite Physio NC. I think that's my, uh, it's a black and white logo. I know. You're bad at this. I'm terrible. I am terrible. But um, yeah, so I have my private practice in town. You can find me on social media. Uh, I'm running continuing ed courses that I write for. And um, and then I'm teaching PTs and building up the new generation of PTs there at Campbell University out in Lillington. Oh, cool. So um, I'm just kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. I bet you got a... Uh pretty effective education working a third group, right? I, I, I'm I sure did. you saw a lot of I different did. things. I did. There's a lot. I mean, yeah, we <laughs> could write a we yeah. could write a book on some of the really cool injuries. I was very lucky. And a lot of the great guys, I was, I, honestly, I was the lucky one to be yeah. able to go in and take care of them yeah. more so than the 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 vice versa yeah so. yeah okay that's awesome and uh we, we'll put the link down below yep. in in the podcast uh where people can find you and then um the we'll do some more content together yeah. and and I, i'd love to do some filming on specific injuries and, and, and stuff yeah, like so that so we can come know? up with some stuff yeah, yeah i've got some great yeah. ideas of things that we can push out and you know i would probably say for those of you that have questions mm-hmm. or things that you would like us topics you'd like us to hit on mm-hmm. um I love it when people throw ideas out to me. I, I, you know, we, we, Fieldcraft in general, we try to be big uh, supporters of law enforcement because yeah. they're, they're, they're in a very difficult job. They're they over scrutinized, they're underpaid. Anyway, but a lot of those guys sit with body armor on in cars all day long. Yes. And I would imagine they have back injuries like crazy right. in that job, you mm-hmm. know? So. Um, maybe that would be a good place to start Yes. Um, with, with content. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. That's Thank awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, good to talk good to you. That was a good conversation. Okay. Uh, until the next time, stay alert, stay alive.